0: Today, we're going to talk about the second lie that I believe uh, can affect all of our lives, all of our relationships, whether it's a romantic marriage one or a family one, and that's the lie of pride, the lie of pride. If you're taking notes, write that one down. Yeah, that's a good one, the lie of pride. Some of you are already elbowing the person next to you. And uh, you might be the prideful one. Uh, we'll talk
1: about it today. Yeah.
0: So, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna read some scripture. We're yeah. gonna talk about it, and then we are gonna go and enjoy the Super Bowl today. And we're I believe grilling
1: the, outside.
0: We're, we're yeah we're supposed to be grilling and having games outside, but uh, Mandy weather we're decided. We're still grilling. We're yeah, still grilling. Yeah, we're gonna grill under the roof. Yeah. We'll make it happen under the canopy. So enjoy some free food outside, and if the sun comes out a little bit, we'll enjoy some games and whatnot. Um, but uh, let's believe, pray Jesus. Is going to have his way as the Rams win tonight. It's what I believe.
1: That's
0: just what I'm going to say. Nobody cares. We're going to read some scripture. Nobody
1: cares. But if you brought your Bibles, go to the book of Philippians. Nobody cares about tonight. The it's Dolphins are playing. It's very true. Unless
0: the Dolphins win it. Exactly. And that's happening. Two thousand never.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: I've been a fan for a long time. I gave up.
1: Philippians chapter two. If you brought your Bibles. Head over to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be reading starting in verse chapter 3. If you're there, say amen. Give me a little wave. Philippians chapter 3. This is what it says. Chapter 2 verse 3. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the other. Amazing verses right there. Those verses alone will preach. But we're excited because today we're going to be talking to you about this thought, this title that we we've named a clear view. A clear view is the title for today. You can write it down if you're taking notes. A clear view is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah.
0: Why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them I got a good view today. Okay. Look at the person on the opposite side and tell them I'm glad you're sitting next to me.
1: Don't be shy. I'm, I'm going to ask Diana to pray for
0: us, and then we'll get into today's message. Amen. <laughs>
1: Let's Come on, let's pray. pray. God, we thank you so much, Jesus, for this opportunity for us to be here together. God, we thank you for your goodness, and we pray that as we listen to your word today, that you would uh, allow us to have open eyes, open uh, ears, God, to hear your word, and more than hear it, God, to be challenged, to be moved to, to be moved to action by it, God. That your word will change us, will help us make our relationships better as we grow closer to you, God. So be here in this place, do miracles here today in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen, amen. Uh, all of us who are in any kind of relationship knows that there are moments where pride will creep up. The thing with pride is that not only can it cre- creep up, it can also fill our hearts and our lives. Thinking about this, I was thinking about something that happened in our household uh, just several months ago Uh, We have a garage now and our garage became our storage unit Does anybody use their garage as storage unit? And I don't mean storing your car. I mean storing everything that doesn't fit in the house anybody here Anybody in here? Have you been telling the person next to you to clean out the garage for a long time and the garage has been (laughs) full? We're trying to have some uh, love moments today. We don't want to cause fights, but it was one of those uh, weeks where we're just like, hey, we need to get in the garage and we need to begin to uh, clean it out. And so we decided uh, one day to finally attack the garage and me and Diana went in there and we had moved not too long ago. And so our, our garage was full of boxes on top of boxes on top of boxes and when you recently move into a new place, those boxes can last for a long time. Anybody with me? And so our garage was full of boxes, and we decided this day we are going to clean the garage. We were tired of it. Diana was telling me about it nonstop, and I said, yes, ma'am, I will do it. And so we, we went, and we cleaned out the garage. And I remember on the last trip, we packed the car so much. I mean, the car was full of boxes. It was completely full. She jumped in the passenger seat. I drove, I drove the car. And we're going to the local uh, dumpster to throw away everything that's in the car. The car was so full. I mean, it was packed to the brim that I could not see the rearview mirror What was behind me. I could not see anything around the car. There, there was literally no kind of view because we were full of boxes in the car. We were thinking about this because we said, this is kind of how pride works in our life. Pride will fill you up to the point that you don't see anybody else's view because you're so full of yourself See pride will fill your life and it will crowd your mind to the point that it will rob you of healthy relationships in your life All of us We can be so full of pride that it begins to cause damage in our relationships Whether that's in our family with our spouses with our kids with our parents with our coworkers. We think we're right. We become self-centered rather than us-centered. And we don't see other people's points of view because we're full of ourselves. In fact, uh, we put it this way. When we are full of ourselves, we are empty of grace. When we're full of ourselves, there is no room for love. There is no room for apologizing. There is no room for peace. There is no room for grace. It, It robs us. Of trying to see other people's view it robs us from trying to love and understand and apologize and today I think that pride might be filling some of our lives and we don't realize it's actually taken away more than it is giving to us yeah. are we full of pride when we're full of pride God can't really fill our soul with everything he wants the evangelist preacher in the 1800s, D.L. Moody, he put it this way. He said, I believe that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride, selfishness, and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. It's not until we empty our hearts of selfish pride, that then the Holy Spirit can come and give us love, give us joy, give us peace, be able to understand one another, love one another, and in today's world, can I tell you, we need more of the Holy Spirit and less of us. We need more of His love, more of His grace, more of His forgiveness so that we can help out one another, and I think so many times, we're working in relationships, but really, we're so full of ourselves that we suffocate the value other people bring into our lives.
1: Yeah, pride blinds us, and I love the way that Alex put it. It's like having this car, driving this car, and you really can't see, so you can't make the right decision. You often don't make the right decision. You don't know where you're going, and in the process, we heard people around us. Because pride it doesn't let us think of somebody else. Pride, it's all about me. It's what I can get out of this relationship. How does this make me feel? It's not about how it makes you feel. I really don't care about you as long as it's serving me a purpose. Pride is killing our relationships when we begin to think that the only thing that matters is what I think, what I say. I always know best. I know what to do. I know when to do it. I don't want you to speak into my life. I don't I don't want you to give me your opinion because I know best. And it's hard to maintain good relationships when we're just full of ourselves. It's hard to maintain good relationships, whether that be with our spouse, or that be with coworkers or friends or family members, when all we do is point out the issue and the flaw and the mistakes on somebody else's lives. But we fail to realize that we are just as flawed as everyone else. So pride, it hurts our relationships. It robs us from grace. It robs us from being able to apologize, from being able to admit when we're making a mistake. Pride fills up our lives to the point that it doesn't allow us to see clearly or correctly or have the heart of God for other people. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of us, we may be here right now sitting in this room or maybe you're watching online right now and you're thinking, Diana, you're right? Alex, that that is amazing, amen. And you're already thinking of the person you're going to text this message to after service is over. You're like, that's right, my mom needs to hear this message because she did this, and that's right, my dad needs to hear, and my friend, and my cousin. But really, you're the one that's prideful. A lot of us are here today, and we're like, that's a great message, but the reality is that your life is full of pride. But I believe that today is a good day for us to admit our mistakes. That today is a good day for us to say, you know what? I'm going to self-examine. I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to ask myself those questions. Am I that person that doesn't allow room for somebody else to speak into my life? Am I that person that goes through life only looking out for for myself, for what I want? Can we take a moment today to, to think about how we... How are, how's the relationship with our spouse? Do we keep them in, in our minds? Do we, do we care about how they feel? How's the relationship with our family members? Are we only thinking about what they've done? Are we only thinking about what they didn't do for us? Are we those people that are full of pride today? Because some of our relationships and some of our marriages are crumbling because we simply have pushed aside everyone else and we've only taken into account how we think. And how we feel but today's the day God is telling you and I you need to make some room for humility to step in you need to make some room for humility to take some space in your life some of us if we can be honest here today our relationships may be falling apart because we have not been able to say I'm sorry hey you know what maybe I wasn't right after all hey you know what maybe maybe you were right and I'm sorry I said those things and I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't do this before but I believe that God is a God of second chances that God is a God that loves your family God is a God that loves you God is a God that is for relationships we talk about it all the time God is a God of community he is for people he is for relationships and he's saying listen if you allow humility in you're going to allow for miracles to take place if you allow humility in your life you're going to allow for God to work in those areas of your life where he's telling you hey listen You got to fix that. God is a God that when we allow him into our hearts and into our lives and we allow him to do a work in us, he will help you fix that relationship. He will help you fix that strained relationship. He will help you find healing and find forgiveness. He is for your relationships. He is for your family. He is for your marriage. But it takes us to say, hey, God, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to listen to you. And the beautiful thing about humility is that the truth of humility will clear the lies of pride. The truth of humility will clear the lies of pride.
0: I love that because pride does lie. And it only lets us see one view and nobody else's point of view. It lies to us, but humility can cause us to get a fresh perspective and say, maybe I do have some faults. Maybe I do, uh, could make some mistakes. Humility can help you deal with pride. We just read Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Paul here, he's writing to the church of a city called Philippi. Somebody say Philippi. <laughs> Philippi was a busy city. It was a growing city and this church was growing and he's writing to them and he's addressing not just the church. He's addressing also the culture and the world that they are living in at the time. And what Paul is writing is actually shocking because this is not how people live in this day and age. Paul is writing to them and he's talking about considering other people as equal as you serving one another loving one another this is shocking to the people who live in Philippi over 2,000 years ago because it was a very egocentric type of world and culture they were living in in fact the world that they were living in at that time this ancient world at this point in time was all about how much knowledge you can gain how much you knew it was all about our ego it was all about vanity outside look it was all about intellect how smart you were in fact i think that sounds a lot like 2022 (laughs) right it sounds like our world today where it's really it's all come back around full circle and really we don't worship god anymore we worship man and we've gone from christianism to humanism We've gone to the worship of self. That's why it's called selfies. (laughs) We've gone to the worship of ourselves. How do I look? How much do I know? How strong am I? I can't show weakness. I can't show any area of my life where I may fault in, where I may make a mistake in. Because it's all about the worship of mankind, the worship of self. We are living in the age. People say today, well, I'm not really religious. Yes, you are. You worship yourself. And this is today's world in age. We are living in the postmodern age where people want to push away God the creator, almighty God, and put ourselves in the place of God. I am the master of my own universe. I am the creator of my own world. I am the one that decides all of my decisions in my life. I can do whatever I want. I, 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 I. iPhone, phone, I live, I pass, I, 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 I. Can I tell you that is wrong? There is one God. He's God almighty, and we got to humble ourselves before him. Nobody wants to hear that today, like none of us want to hear that today because we're living in the world of who has the most and who can do the most. The humanistic age, who can build the biggest rocket, who can build the best car, who can amass the most amount of wealth, who can post the better pictures, who can gain the biggest following, and it's all rooted in pride. Most church fathers, early church fathers and commentators, uh, they would say that almost every single sin finds its base in pride. Almost every single sin in our life will find its place rooted in pride. And so Paul is addressing this and he's saying, hey, I, I don't want you to live this way. This is not the Jesus way we're followers of jesus then let's live like jesus serve like jesus love like jesus if we are christians if we are believers then we don't see ourselves as better than anybody because look at jesus he was equal to god yet he humbled himself even to the point of death and he's saying you know who we should be like we should be like christ and he's confronting the church who is living in this humanistic age and he's saying are you like jesus do you, do you love like Jesus? Do you serve like Jesus? Oh, I know we go to church, and I know we look good, and we put on our best Sunday outfit, and we come in here, and we worship loud. But when you go out, do you love people in the street like Jesus? Do you treat waiters like Jesus, servants like Jesus, gas attendants like Jesus, the homeless, those that don't have the less fortunate? Are you kind like Jesus? Humility will go a long way. And he's addressing the root of this culture, which is pride. Today, as we're getting ready to wrap up, we want to address three types of pride. We believe there's all kinds of pride, but, but maybe they can be found in these three different types of pride. We talked about it and we found these three different types of pride. You're going to see them on the screen. Uh, uh, the first one is, I'm better than you. This type of pride. I, I'm better than you. We call it the superior pride, right? I'm superior. I'm, I'm better than most people. I, I, I actually have an understanding of most things. Uh, in fact, you look around society or you look around your family circle or you look around your, your working atmosphere and you're like, whoa, these people don't know anything. <laughs> I'm well studied. I'm well versed in scripture. Uh, this one suits a lot of Christians. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. Number two. <laughs> Number two, I can handle it on my own, right? This is the self-reliant pride. I don't need no help. I got this. I got this. I can handle life situations by myself. I don't need to be in no connect group. I don't need no pastor to tell me anything. I don't need no leader. I don't need anybody. I know what I'm doing. This is the self-reliant. Number three, it doesn't apply to me. This is the denial pride. Like Diana said, this message is great. I can't wait to send it to my dad. (laughs) Denial And I think it it can affect all of us. What do we do? What do we do with the superior pride, the self-reliant pride, the denial pride? How do we fight and combat these types of pride? Because we can think about somebody right now, but the truth is pride can come to attack us all. And maybe right now you're like, man, uh, I don't think I'm dealing with this. That's fine. But the day of tomorrow, pride creeps up quick. Most sin finds its base in pride. What do we do? With the first one, I'm better than you, the superior pride. I think the first thing that we need to do as we go into 2022 and we want to move forward in our faith and our journey with God, I think the first thing that we need to do is that we need to recognize our own faults. Recognize our own faults. One of the things we all need to understand is that no one is perfect. None of us are perfect. Now, again, I want to address this mostly to believers, Christians, who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Because after you've been walking with Jesus for a while, I don't know why this happens in circles. We start to look down on people who we think are not believers or who are in sin. We start walking around. We're like, whoa, you smell like smoke. Were you in hell? <laughs> like, we start walking around with this superior mentality that we can't believe how people act or talk as if you are perfect and you are the second coming of Christ. Yeah. This is the I'm better than you. This is the superior type of mentality. Now we look down on our family members who have not come to church. Can I tell you, with that attitude, nobody is gonna want to come to church? All right? This superior mentality. But humility, there's something beautiful about humility. And the only way for us to get humility in our lives is to draw close to God. When we draw close to God in worship and in prayer, you get a vision and a revelation of his his kindness, of his goodness, of his majesty, of how awesome, of how superior he is. And that's when you realize, whoa, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. He's been kind to me. He's been loving to me. I'm not better than anybody. At the foot of the cross, all of us are equal. Anybody thankful for his grace? Today, if we're dealing with any kind of pride, go back to the cross. And realize if it was not for God and his grace, I would be just as lost, just as messed up. Today, I think one of the cures for pride is being at the feet of Jesus. God, I need you. God, I realize that if it was not for you, I wouldn't be here today. And if it wasn't for you, I won't be here tomorrow. I wouldn't be serving you. I wouldn't be worshiping. Who am I to treat my wife, my husband, my kids? My coworkers, any which way, because it's only by God's grace that I'm standing here. It's only by God's grace that he's given me what he's given me. Humility is beautiful because pride will blind you. It will blind you. You, All of a sudden, you'll think you're better than your coworkers, better than your family. We'll start arguing. We'll we'll start using the two words you're never supposed to use in an (laughs) argument. You and never. You never do that. Anybody ever heard those? You never, right? And what we do is that we point out other people's flaws because pride has blinded our own flaws. How about I never? What if we practice that kind of vocabulary? Like, man, I'm, I never apologize. I never go out of my way to make other people feel comfortable. Oh, no, we don't like those. those. Those are a little confronting. I never. If we flip it on us, it might bring some humility in our life. Jesus in the book of luke jesus he's sharing this story and jesus talks about two men in luke chapter 18 Jesus is is sharing this story with the pharisees and he says actually there's there's a story of two men One of them was a pharisee. The other one was a tax collector. They both walked into the temple Jesus says the pharisee he went up to the front of the temple and He raised his hands and he says father. I thank you that i'm not like the rest I thank you that i'm sinless and I thank you that I I follow all of your laws he was boasting at the way he kept religious law. He said, this tax collector went up and he went into the temple, but he had his face down and he actually prayed a little bit different. He said, father, forgive me a sinner. I know I'm wrong. See, for the Pharisee, it was about who's right and who's wrong. But for Jesus, it was about who is prideful and who is humble. It's not always about who's right and who's wrong. It's about who's humble. Recognize our faults. I think today we can begin to heal a lot of relationships. I think we can begin to make progress in our relationships if we can humble ourselves and say, I know, I know I'm I'm a, I'm a person full of faults and I need his grace.
1: Yeah, I think something powerful begins to happen in our lives when we are willing to admit that we just don't know everything. We don't know it all. And I love this quote by uh, Charles Spurgeon. It says, "All oh believer, learn to reject pride, seeing that you have no ground for it. Whatever you are, you have nothing to make you proud. The more you have, the more you are in to God, and you should not be proud of that which renders you a debtor. I think that gratitude it changes relationships. Gratitude, not just with the people around us, but gratitude that is rooted in God." And I love this quote because it puts things into perspective. It says I know that you may think you have all these things to be proud of, but the reality is is that you're just a sinner. That you're just a sinner in need of grace, and that everything you think you have is because God has so graciously given to you. And if we take a moment here in this place, we really look within ourselves. We realize and we know our mistakes. We know our mess-ups and our sin more than anybody else. There's things in our lives that we try to hide and keep from people because if only they knew, that they'll judge me. If only they knew what I've done, maybe they wouldn't take me seriously. If only they knew, but gratitude, it changes everything because gratitude now, it stops accusing other people and it begins to understand. So now we just don't look at you and think you're such a mess. Look what you did to me. Look how you hurt me. Look what you did 10, 20, 15 years ago. Look how this person's behaving. Now we simply put ourselves in their shoes and we say, you know what? I recognize that I myself, I'm messy. I'm a sinner. I've made some mistakes. And now I get to understand you rather than simply judge you and accuse you. And point my finger at you. Now I know that there's point, there's a finger pointing at me because I am also a sinner. So gratitude will change everything. We'll be, we begin to look at people not because of what they've done. Not judging them based on how they behave. But now we say, hey, you know what? I I need grace too. I'm, I'm broken too. And I, I need this grace from God. All of us need that. And the thing about, about uh, humility is that it begins to change that in our lives. And and when we operate from a place of humility, now we're not afraid to apologize. I think a lot of us were scared of this idea of apologizing because we've been taught that when you apologize, it means that you're being weak. Admitting to a a flaw, a mistake, it just tells people that you're just weak. You do not know what you were doing. And I tell you today that apologizing is one of the most beautiful things that we can learn to do in our lives. Apologizing is saying, hey, I don't know everything. I'm sorry I made a mistake. It doesn't make us weak. It actually makes us stronger because it invites correction into our lives. It invites growth into our lives. It makes us better people when we can admit our flaws, our mistakes. But pride will cost us more than we can imagine. But humility allows us to win what pride causes us to lose relationships you know sometimes we're gonna have to even apologize for things that perhaps we haven't done and that's okay and that's hard and that's tough but there's a blessing and a beauty in trying to save relationships and trying to say i don't need to be right I'm just going to do this for the sake of my relationships. And so we need to first recognize our faults. But number two, we need to remember that we are better together. We're better together. Pride says do it alone. You don't need anybody. You don't need help. See, everything you've built on your own, you are self-made. You don't need anybody to help you. You don't need anybody to give you a hand. You don't need nobody's advice. You know everything. You got it is the biggest lie when we begin to believe that we we can do it because it, it makes us independent and independent not just from people but it makes us independent from God because all of a sudden now I don't just think I don't need people now I think I know better than God I know what to do, I know where to go and so pride begins to kill wisdom in our lives pride begins to silence the voice of God in our lives because all we can hear is our own voice all we can hear is what I, what I think, what I want, what I should do, and it kills the voice of God in our lives. And it's easy to become self-sufficient rather than God-dependent. And I don't know if you've seen, but little kids, they, they think they're independent, right? If you have any kids, you have nieces, nephews, you know that kids, they think they got it on their own. And I share the story about my niece, uh Penny. She loves to come over to the house and play with all my makeup and she wants to do all kinds of things and so I put a little stepladder so that she can um, have better reach to, to the mirror in the bathroom and so she's, she's like, Leave, I got this. I don't need your help. Don't, don't touch me. I'm okay. I'm like, okay. Five minutes later, she's yelling for me because she realized she can't get on the stepladder without my help. That's much like some of us. We get ourselves into situations where we may end up hurting ourselves because we say, well, I don't need you. I'd rather fall off this thing because I don't need you. I don't need you to help me. I got this on my own and I love this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Who's looking out for you? Who is in your world? Who's asking you the tough questions? Who's confronting those areas of your life that you're trying to overlook? Who's there to give you a hand if you're falling? Who are who, who are you there for in your own lives? Who are you doing this for? Because I love that it tells us that the two are better than one, connection is protection. And it's okay to ask for help. Asking for help doesn't mean that we are weak, but there's a beauty in being vulnerable. There's a beauty in showing our humanity. And it doesn't mean that you're going to go around telling everyone your business. But when you have certain people in your life and you allow them to see your humanity. Hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, there's days when it's tough. And there's days where I feel broken. And there's days where I need help. And there's days where I just don't think I can do this anymore. When you show somebody your 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 humanity, you know what it does? It creates connection. And it allows the other person to to feel the same way and in turn also seek help. And the two of you can now begin to help each other. Now the two of you can begin to grow together. Showing your humanity is a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Vulnerability can actually keep pride away. Understand this today. To be vulnerable, it means that you and I are making room to grow and it helps us keep pride away. It invites change into our lives.
0: I love that. To be vulnerable, it's really it, it, that will destroy pride in a moment. But to be vulnerable, we have to realize we, we need other people in our lives. We need it. We need it. We talk about connect groups not just because we want people to be in a connect group and be in a circle. It's because it's vital to our life. It's healthy to our soul. In fact, numbers are coming out now in statistics of how unhealthy being locked in our homes for two years has been. Isolation. It'll kill us. God made us to live in relationships. What do we do? We need people. We, we need to open up our hearts and realize, whoa. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Have somebody in your life that will pray for you, protect you, help you, call you out. and Say, hey, I've seen some things in your life. To be vulnerable is a powerful thing. To open up and say, I, I'm struggling with this area. Hey, I got this sin issue in my life. I got this habit in my life. I need help. We need to realize we, we all need each other. Nobody has it 100%, right? Let's destroy this second type of pride, this self-reliant, I got this type of pride. At the end of the day, you know what? You could be right, but still Be kind you could be right and still build relationships. Just because you're right doesn't mean you have to be rude, condescending. I'm right in this relationship and so you're destroying your marriage because you just want to be right. You're driving your kids away just because you want to prove you are right. At the end of the day, you're going to be right but you're going to be alone. And that's not how God made us to live. You can be right and be kind. Jesus was the perfect example so Paul points to be like Jesus Jesus was right about everything (laughs) he was perfect yet when he sees Matthew a tax collector or when he sees Zacchaeus up in a tree or when he sees the woman who was a prostitute that everybody else is looking down on he doesn't make him feel wrong Jesus was right, but he made people feel loved. And there's a big difference there. People were attracted to Jesus even though he was always right. Because there's something about his spirit, his character. He was kind. He was loving. He didn't let pride get in the way. Though he was equal with God, he humbled himself. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Jesus. I wanna destroy pride that comes to destroy all of my relationships. Number one, recognize our faults. Number two, remember we're better together. Number three, and I'm gonna ask the band to come up and we'll, we'll finish worshiping, we'll pray for relationships, believe for an incredible weekend, week for your family, your relationships, whether that's marriage, friendships. But number three, we need to recognize, realize we all need growth. That's the denial pride. That's that's good, but that's not for me. We have superior pride, self-reliant, but then we have this denial pride. That's not for me. Today's message is not for me. Today's message would be great if it was about something else because I don't deal with pride. (laughs) Denial. Can I tell you, we all need correction. Every single one of us, we need correction in our life. This is why it's important to be in a group of friends that that can call you out on some things because they come to correct you so that you get better. The minute you say, this is not for me, you're going to stay at where you're at the rest of your life. The minute somebody can't speak into your life about parenting, you're going to be that type of father or mother the rest of your life because you you already believe you got to this point in life where you don't need any help. The minute you, you don't allow somebody to w- talk into your life about maybe the character that you have following Jesus, that's the type of believer and Christian you're going to be for the rest of your life. Because nobody can correct you. Nobody can correct you as a husband, as a wife. No, I already got it. It's, it's not for me. I don't know about you, but do you want to stay at that level for the rest of your days? I want I'm on growth. Yeah. I want help that's good, don't talk to me about tithing because I got my money down pack. I got my savings. I got my 401k. Can't nobody tell me. Then you'll miss out on spiritual blessings for the rest of your life because you're saying, I don't need correction in the way i manage my money. Pride comes to destroy all kinds of relationships. I was thinking about this last night, the difference between David and Saul. We'll finish in, I think I've said this already three times, we'll finish with this, but, but, but. I was thinking about the beautiful thing between King Saul and King David. Both men made mistakes. Both men failed God. But one let pride get in the way. The other one was quick to repent. King Saul started consulting witches and mediums. And yet he got angry at men of God. He got angry at God. David, as soon as he sinned, Nathan the prophet comes to him and says, you are the man. has faulted you are the man that has sinned and murdered and David immediately begins to weep and cry and repent there's something beautiful about recognizing I need correction I need God I need him to help me I'm not there yet I'm not I'm not there yet and I'll be there once I see him face to face in the meantime God continue to correct me connection is protection I love what Diana said and I would say, so is correction. Correction will protect your life. Correct me from the ways that I'm I'm losing my path. Today, today come on, let's believe for healthy relationships. I need a better relationship with my wife, with my family, with my friends. I want to get better. I want to grow. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better pastor, better husband, better son, a better brother. God, help me to avoid that foolish pride that comes inside and doesn't, doesn't allow me to take correction I don't want to live in denial I'd rather live humble and say God teach me your ways all the days of my life come on we're wrapping up uh, today and I want us all to get up on our feet I believe that there's families marriages relationships maybe there's employers or employees and maybe there's relationships in your life that pride has broken whether you're here watching online Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? Come on, let's get up on our feet if you're able to. I want us to close our eyes and we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God to speak into our life today. God, to help us with every area of our life where pride has crept in. Maybe it is in a marriage type setting and pride has kept us from apologizing to our spouse pride has kept us from realizing that we need each other more than we recognize. Maybe it's as a Christian, maybe some of us we've been walking with Jesus five years, ten years, twenty years, and now all of a sudden we think we're better than other people. And we judge people in our city because of the way that they're living. Today we need to recognize all of us have faults. Let's pray with eyes closed head bowed. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands all across this place. And I want us to take maybe the next minute, two minutes for all of us to pray and say, God, work on my heart, work in my life. God, I want a strong family. I want a strong home. I want a strong relationship with my parents or with my kids. I want a strong relationship with my friends in my life, with my leaders. God, I want a good relationship with the people that you've entrusted in my life to lead. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. We thank you. For this time that we've been together to worship you and to honor you and to put our eyes on you today we're opening up our hearts God and we're saying God check our hearts examine us and see if there's any area of pride God if there's any area of arrogance where all of a sudden we become self dependent we're dependent on ourselves. we've made our lives independent of people independent of you and for that we repent and we ask for forgiveness God, we're sorry if we've been condescending, if we've looked down on people, even in our own home, in our own family, failing to recognize that we are all sinners, that we're all broken. God, we recognize and realize you you want healthy relationships in our life. You created us to live together in harmony, loving one another, forgiving one another, apologizing and realize we need to build bridges We need healthy relationships. God, I'm praying that you raise up a church that is like you, that we follow the way of Jesus in loving kindness, in mercy, and in grace. Not a judgmental church, not a church that looks down on society, but a church that serves our city, that we get down on our knees and we learn how to wash the feet of the broken. God, we're praying that you raise up a church, God, that loves you and wants to look like you. Holy Spirit, speak to us today work in every area of our life today we pray God that you would open the eyes of our heart and help us realize if we need correction some of us today the voice of the Holy Spirit you want to speak to our lives to correct areas of our life where we've messed up come on, with hands lifted Holy Spirit speak to me your servants are listening God we don't want to live in denial feeding our ego Help us to be like your son, Jesus. Come on, whatever you eye close, hand raised. Holy Spirit, speak to your church today. I believe today he wants to restore homes. Hey, can I tell you, your marriage can get better. That relationship with your kids, God wants to heal that. Don't allow the sin of pride to blind you the way it did Lucifer himself. Heal today, God. Restore marriages, restore homes. God, I'm praying that you turn the hearts of the Father back to their children and the children back to their father. Some of us are holding grudges for the past year, two years, three years. God, break the sin of pride in our life. Help us to love, help us to be like Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm believing for healing today in the name of Jesus. Restoration in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Strong home, strong families, strong relationships. The devil wants us independent, but... In the name of Jesus, Satan, you are defeated. You are under our feet. And we pray for strong homes, strong relationships, strong marriage, strong friendships, because we are better together. Help us to have a clear view like Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a minute. If you're here today, or if you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, every eye closed, every head bowed, Come on, pastors praying, church praying. Today, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, in fact, if you're here and you say, Alex, I'm far from God. God must not want anything to do with me. I've messed up so much. You're watching online and you're saying, there's no way God can love me because I know I've sinned. I want to tell you, all of us are sinners. The Bible says each and every single one of us, we failed, we've sinned, we've messed up done wrong thought wrong said wrong and the Bible says that our sin separates us from God but it also says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son Jesus so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life can I tell you all of us are sinners there's not one perfect person in this place but we've also put our trust and our faith in Jesus the Bible says he carried the sins of the world he carried your sins my sins And the Bible says that Jesus paid for our sins at the cross of Calvary. He went down to a grave for three days and after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. Jesus is alive today. Can I tell you, the only one that can save you, it's not a savings account, it's not another relationship, it's not a car, it's not a bottle, it's not a drug. His name is Jesus. He's a person, he's real, he's alive. He wants to forgive you and he wants to give you life and life to the fullest. Come on, as we're all praying, eyes closed, head bowed. In a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy, nobody looking around. I'm going to count to three. If you're here, if you're watching online and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness. Alex, I want a relationship with God. All you have to do is believe in Jesus, put your faith and trust in him. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out, embarrass you. I'm not going to put a light on you, none of that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Can you just raise your hand high enough, long enough for me to see you so I can know who I'm praying for and then you can put it right back down. At the count of three, if that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. You're saying, today I need Jesus. Today I need Jesus. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You can put your hands back down. If you're watching online, you can make that decision at home as well. With every eye closed, every head bowed, Let's all say this prayer together. Come on, we're all confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. Why don't you repeat after me? Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my savior from today on i'm forgiven i'm healed and i'm saved in jesus name amen amen and amen thank you bj come on hands went up across the auditorium and i'm sure online as well hey if you raise your hand we want to congratulate you on the best decision of your life and I believe the best step that we can take is fixing our relationship with Jesus first. And as we as we work on our relationship with God, he's going to begin to work on every other relationship that we have here on earth. If you raise your hand, we have a tent outside. It's called our Connect Tent. And if you raise that, your hand or you're a new visitor here, we have a free Bible for you. We also have this small little gift that we would love to give you inside. It has a, a nice WWJT bracelet. It also has a free coffee uh, coupon in there. It also has some Calvary stickers in there. We want to give you a gift. We're a church that's here for you. We're not perfect, but we are following the perfect one. His name is Jesus. And go outside, grab this Bible, grab your gift. It's a free gift from us to you. Anybody thankful for Jesus? Come on, he's a good God. He's an awesome God. I don't know about you, but I want to have a clear view of my life. Never to think too highly of myself and recognize I'm just a sinner forgiven by God's grace. And I think that will help our relationships. It will go further than we could ever imagine. I pray you had an amazing Sunday tonight. Let's let's see the Rams win. And uh, we're going to go grab some food outside. Have a good time. Why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're next to me one more time. Hug somebody. Why don't you leave out of here praising God? Come on, let's celebrate. Let's praise God together. Look at three people around you. Give them a hug and tell them we're better together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Go before us this week. Speak to our heart as we put our eyes in you. In Jesus' name, we love you and we thank you. Amen and amen.